bad feeling about this. It wasn't funny, man. What have we done? What are you looking at, butthead? Oh, you some coffee? You want some coffee? Game on, old friend. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Cinephile Saturdays. This episode is brought to you by hashtag RazorStreamer. If you enjoy this episode, head on over to NerdCon1.com for more content, buy our shit, and donate to our Patreon. We love you. Let's do this shit. Alright, today we're going to be doing 90s action films. Um, I had like four ideas of what this episode was going to be, and I abandoned them all this morning just to... Uh, Switch it over to this because it decided to work better for me. It's just the miracle of six days to air. Thank you, South Park. So, 90s action films. Almost as good as 80s action films. And uh, there was just... I was going to do 80s action films, honestly. And there was just way too much for me to prep to get all that and decide what to do. So, 90s just worked a lot better for the stuff I kept coming up with. So, we're going to roll with that. Um... My first film discussion is going to be about Total Recall from 1990, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Quaid, Sharon Stone as Laurie, and Michael Ironside as Richter. So, uh, I mean, I don't really probably need to tell you where Arnold Schwarzenegger is from, but, you know, Terminator, Predator, The Six Day, Eraser, Sharon Stone, Casino, Basic Instinct, uh, Ratched, which uh, just came out on Netflix, and uh, Running Wild and Michael Ironside from Top Gun, Starship Troopers, Scanners, and the new Harley Quinn. Uh, this was directed by Paul Verhoeven. Love Paul Verhoeven. Uh, definitely mentioned his name on previous episodes, and I probably will in the future because that man directs quality shit. Um, so for those of you not familiar with Total Recall, uh, it's about this guy that's a construction worker, Arnold. He uh, you know, ends up getting bored with his life and decides to go to this place total recall where they implant memories in your head of like vacations and this and that and stuff and he has a bad reaction to it chaos goes in he wants to do this uh secret agent f program thing to spice up his little weird vacation and uh you know so they've kind of figured out that there's this giant corporation that planted him and they try to you know do that and then he ends up going to mars to try to figure out like what the hell is real and everything and just chaos ensues it's amazing really good classic Arnold Schwarzenegger film um he was definitely great in the 80s but I think that Arnold really really peaked in the 90s um you know branching out into a lot of good comedy um but that's for another time uh so Total Recall was one of the last major Hollywood blockbusters to use um large-scale use of miniature effects you know they build like the little miniature sets and models and like blow that shit up and all that and everything um opposed to cgi but um while they did use cgi they were praised for uh how well it actually looked and how real it came off it was the um the scene where they were doing the x-ray machine when he was running through um that was one of the cgi moments right there um you know you've listened in steve is big into practical effects while cgi has its place i definitely feel in a lot of action and horror uh there's just times that you need practical effects 
And if you just go CGI, I feel that just ruins it all. Ruins it all. Perfect example is Jurassic Park, which we talked about on my creature feature uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, great use of combining CGI and practical effects because, uh, you know, for a lot of the close up stuff with the dinosaurs, and when you didn't see the entire dinosaur's body, that was practical effects and animatronics, which, um, God, they just did such a good job. Like, bravo to that entire special effects team. You brought that shit together. Um, so, because of how well Sharon Stone did in this movie, Paul Verhoeven ended up casting her in uh, Basic Instinct, which was really a big game changer for Sharon Stone's career. I don't think that, like... If you know Sharon Stone, you know Basic Instinct. And the thing that really played well for her was her transition in Total Recall of being able to go from, like, Susie Homemaker to I'm gonna beat the shit out of you and smash your face into glass and all that you know, trying to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then right back to normal, sweetie little, oh, I'm going to seduce you. Um, I mean, she's a talented actress. I like Sharon Stone. She does good. She does crazy good. She does crazy, comma, good. Just making sure that you understand that sentence, everybody, because I talk like a dumbass sometimes. We've all watched our Monday episode of the main NerdCon one. We know how steep it is. Come on. <laughs> let me just grab a drink of that the sinuses are still going through their fun transition of it's now like 50 at night instead of 70 good old Connecticut weather um so probably like all kids um I saw this movie you know edited for TV when I was a kid so you know eventually being able to like rent stuff and seeing the uh you know un- you know, edited for TV versions. It was just a little mind blowing to tiny little Steve, but um, I'm just trying to think of one of my favorite scenes because there's a couple that they do really well in this one. Uh, the first one that like always really stuck out for me is when Arnold first gets to Mars and he's disguised as that fat lady and his like weird robot mask head thing starts like malfunctioning and just like. <laughs> and all that stuff that's a cool scene uh just to transition from her to the head uh you know opening and him lifting it off his shoulders and it's just like oh my god it's arnold underneath like holy shit that was a really cool scene um also the um the vacuum chamber on the surface of mars that they did when they got sucked outside the temple and like uh, especially you know the 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 bad guy in it when it's just like head is just going and the eyes are bulging out and they're like freaking out and just <laughs> that's actually a pretty good that was actually pretty good that was basically how Arnold sounded when his like entire like shit was being ripped apart yeah then, his course, eyes were literally coming out oh yeah man that was some great practical effects right there dude the eye bulging like oh I love a good eye bulge. In anything, because it makes me feel uncomfortable. You see something done to like people's like eyes and horror movies and stuff. That the Achilles tendon and people's hands, that always fucks with me. I mean, I'm sure that's for most people, just because we know how essential those things are: walking, seeing, and being able to use our hands. So you know, just fight or flight instantly and stinks there. Um, 
so then, you know, everyone's faces are bulging out, and then Mars gets an atmosphere because of the weird alien technology that Arnold activated. Um, so Arnold's nickname for Sharon Stone on the set was the female Terminator because of how much she put into her training for the fighting and everything, and even for, like, a promotion thing. Um, after she got really jacked and in shape for the movie, uh, she did a spread in Playboy to promote the film, to show off her new bodacious bod, which, uh, never seen Sharon Stone's Playboy for that, so that's probably something to look at. I want to see a big Jack Sharon Stone. I mean, I know she wasn't super Jack, but still, Sharon Stone's hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, Nick, guess who was the original choice for the Quaid role, for Arnold's role? Um, shot in the dark, Val Kilmer. No, no, close. Patrick Swayze. I can't, I think it's just because of how well Arnold did with the role, but I can't picture Patrick Swayze in that role at all. Okay, here's why. So, originally, when, you know, Patrick Swayze was signed on, and before the script, the script got done, right? So the reason that the, the script ended up changing over to Arnold was because uh, he had his like uh, agent buy the script or something because the production company that was doing it went bankrupt and couldn't like finish it. So originally, Quaid, the character was named Quail, and he was supposed to be just like this average build lawyer type, like you know Wall Streetish guy. But then when Arnold got it, he's like, oh, let's let's change him over to a construction worker, and he's big and jacked and stuff, and. Then they changed it to Quaid, and you know the rest is, the rest is that. Um, I definitely couldn't have seen Patrick Swayze do that either. I mean, he's good at some of the action stuff that he did. Um, you know, before he passed away, rest in peace. We'll be getting to, to him soon. Don't worry. Uh, somewhere in my list, there's always a Patrick Swayze action film somewhere. You got to have one at least. I'm pretty sure we all know the one, but um. So the original cut of this film, um, which I'm now dying to see because I found out that when it first came, uh, when, when they were first about to release it, it had an X rating because of how much violence there was in it. And they actually had to tone it back and cut out some of the violence. And I'm really curious to see if like that's, that's anywhere, you know? Like, is there that extra stuff? I need to check my DVD and see if there's some kind of special features uh, to that. So who knows? Oh, uh, we got some people checking in. Hey, guys, what's up? Thanks for watching right now. Always want to give a shout-out to anybody watching and following us. This shit would not be possible without you guys caring what I say, and I love you for it. Ah. Okay, so we're going to be moving on to my next... My next film, uh, which I feel is one of Bruce Willis's greatest films. Not where you think I'll be going. Uh, I don't know, did I rate... Total Recall, I give an 8 out of 10. Um, remember, these ratings have really nothing to do on basis. It's just literally how I feel about the movie. Um, so, you know, take it and leave it for that. I don't give a fuck about, like, technicality of a movie or, like, this and that or how prestigious of an art school the director went to. I don't give a shit. I'm not a critic. I don't like critics. I just talk about stuff I like. If you don't like it, it's cool. If you like it, sweet. If I introduce you to something that you haven't seen or you weren't sure about because Steve decided to talk about it passionately, 
fuck yeah, I did my job. Um, so yeah, the fifth element from 1997, I'm going to give this a 7.5 out of 10. Um, mostly just because there is some corny stuff and some boring parts, but you know, so, uh, we got Bruce Willis as Corbin Dallas from Die Hard, The Sixth Sense, Pulp Fiction, and Hard, uh, Kill. Uh, Mila Jovovich, who plays Lilu from Resident Evil, Hellboy, Zoolander, and Ultraviolet. And, uh, Chris Tucker, uh... Who plays Ruby Rod, my favorite character in the movie, and one of Chris Tucker's best characters that he's ever done in his career. I wish to God I would just watch a movie about Ruby Rod. That would be amazing. So, Chris Tucker from Rush Hour, Friday, Money Talks, and, uh... How's that? Jackie Brown. Man, I need to learn how to write legibly. Um, yeah, so, okay, so Fifth Element... Uh, world's gonna be destroyed by this crazy thing. Uh, Debo, uh, Tiny Lister, you know, from Friday, uh, plays the president. He's basically trying to get uh, this ex-military guy who's supposed to be a badass Bruce Willis to stop the destruction of Earth, you know? Um, I've never been really great at describing things or giving plot to stuff, but I get excited about things, so that should tell you if I like the movie or not. Plus, it's the fifth element. You've seen it. There's a million other guys that talk about the plot of a movie on Facebook and YouTube. So we're just going to get past that. You should have seen it. It came out in 97. <laughs> if you haven't, I definitely remember. There we go. It didn't happen last episode. I was thinking I might have broken that habit. But uh, I definitely recommend it. It's up there for Bruce Willis. It's definitely one of my favorites, even though it doesn't have a huge rating from me. But... Um, so, uh, Diva Plava Lagua, Laguna, Plava Laguna, I can never pronounce her name, but the cool blue chick in the movie with the crazy tendril heads that looked like that girl from, uh, um, the, the slave girl from Star Wars, you know, the one that Jabba's little one dancing around, you know, she had them weird blue head things. I don't know what the hell they're called, but anyway, so, um, she sings El Dulce Suono, uh, which has been described as one of the most difficult arias to perform because of the length and the variation and all kinds of crazy shit. So, like, I, I, I forgot to look up who played her, but my God, she did amazing. Um, uh, I just realized, uh, sorry, this was directed by Luke Besson. Besson. Got to get into uh, giving credit to the directors because I like those guys. By the way, the Star Wars species that she is is the same as Hera from Rebels and it's a Twi'lek. No shit. Never yeah. knew that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But yeah, so that species right there. Twi'lek? Yeah, Twi'lek. So they're the ones that have the, the spindle, spindle, like, you know, thing down but not, not the, the same, same as Ahsoka species, species who looks very similar, but they have like that crown before yeah. it comes down into like the, the fishtails. Yeah. So yeah, no. Um, and Hera's the pilot slash Kanan, the, one of the last Jedi from the original order. Um, his like boo boo in the rebels show. Okay. Okay. I need to watch rebels. I'll get around to it. Oh man. I just realized I have like two days to watch into the spider verse. So I don't get shit from Krista. On Monday, you you should probably watch that. I will. I meant to watch it the other night, but uh, Scream. We were having family movie night. And we watched Scream. 
Uh, so, okay, so Luke Besson, since I just mentioned him, uh, he wrote the original screenplay for this when he was in high school. I don't know how much it changed since then, but, um, you know, um, another fun fact I found was at the time, this was the most expensive movie made outside of Hollywood. I'm not sure exactly if that means it wasn't made in a major studio or they didn't actually film it in Hollywood, but, you know, I don't know. So, um, I forgot the name of the weird alien language that Lilu speaks to the priest, um, but uh, that was like a made-up language that the director and the producer came up with. Forget the name of it, but um, Mila Jovovich refined it, like in you know practices, you know different takes and everything, because she was having a lot of trouble figuring out the language exactly because she already speaks like four or five different languages so trying to pick up some made up nonsense you know that was just crude dialect uh, was a little difficult I can understand that especially you know last minute when it was already like hey this is a set language that we came up with that's crude dialect and guttural nonsense learn this in a couple weeks so Good on her for getting to do that. Mila Jovovich, another amazing actress. Love the shit out of her. Loved her since before Resident Evil. She's amazing. Um, so the part, this was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and it just became even further when I was digging into more behind-the-scenes stuff of it. But I love when um, Corbin Dallas, Bruce Willis' character, first meets Lilu, and he like sees her sleeping, and he kisses her. And she pulls the gun out on him and starts just rambling out this gibberish language that they made up. He had, Bruce Willis had no idea she was going to start speaking just this completely foreign nonsense language. So all of his reactions in the movie, 100% accurate. And I love that. I love when just the natural world makes a better movie. So 7.5 out of 10, Fifth Element. We're going to take a quick ad break. Before we come back and finish off our list, I will see you soon. Hey everyone, Nick here from the Nerdcon One channel. I want to invite you to watch my weekly show all about Disney called the Disney Update. You can join me every Sunday for updates around the parks as well as things going on in Disney properties and lots of tips, tricks, and more. Just find Nerdcon One on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as Twitch and YouTube. You can also find us at www.nerdcon1.com. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, this continuing now episode of Cinephile Saturdays. Uh, we just finished talking up of our first two of Steve's picks of amazing 90s action movies. We're going to be moving on to number three. Right here we got The Demolition Man from 1993, which I give a 9 out of 10. It is one of my favorite 90s action films ever. Probably one of my favorite Stallone films. Definitely my favorite Wesley Snipes film. Shit, my favorite Sandra Bullock film. Almost everybody's in this. I just love this movie. Um, been watching it since I was a kid. Obsessed with it since I was a kid. I randomly found it on TV. And just the whole concept was great. So it is starring uh, Sylvester Stallone as John Spartan, the Demolition Man. Wesley Snipes as Simon Phoenix, his arch enemy villain. And Sandra Bullock as Lenina Huxley, the future detective. 
Um, so yeah, the premise of this is John Spartan is the demolition man. He's a cop that just does not stop, blows shits up, does whatever he has to to bring down the bad guy. Badass all around. Um, ends up trying to take down Simon Phoenix. Uh, ends up getting a bunch of people killed accidentally that he wasn't aware of. Um, I, or I think they already killed him. So it was already getting kind of close to the future. They freeze him. Uh, Simon Phoenix breaks out like a uh, hundred something years or so in the future. Um, then they got to bring out uh, John Spartan to try to take him down. And there's like this weird new like utopic world that was created by this uh, cocktail guy. And it's just real fucked. The only place you can go to eat is Taco Bell. Chaos. How do you wipe your ass with three seashells? Someone in the comments that's watching this at some point, explain to me how you do the three seashells. Never been able to find it. If you figured it out and you can clean your ass with three seashells, I don't even know if they're different sizes. It's weird. Moving on. So, um, Sylvester Stallone uh, from uh, Rocky, Rambo, Cobra, Over the Top, Wesley Snipes from Blade, Major League, New Jack City, and White Men Can't Jump, Sandra Bullock from Speed, Gravity, uh, the Minions movie, and the recent uh, spinoff, Ocean's 8. Um, so I'm pretty sure everyone knows that Wesley Snipes is a black belt in uh, a couple martial arts, really dedicated to it, uh, has been for years. Um, especially when he did Blade. Um, so that dude's punches and kicks were so fast that they blurred on camera. So if it kind of seems like all his motions are kind of like lanky and kind of rough, it's because he had to slow down all of his actions to be able to have it uh, actually show up properly, which is why it came off kind of odd. Um, <laughs> which, I mean... That's not a bad thing. Hey, man, can you slow down your punches and kicks? They're, like, way too good for cinema. Um, I mean, that's a big-ass compliment. So, um, Simon Phoenix was originally... Um, oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Sylvester Stallone originally wanted Jackie Chan to play Simon Phoenix... But um, he turned it down because uh, typical Asian audiences don't like when an actor that constantly plays a good guy all of a sudden becomes a bad guy. And considering that, you know, Jackie Chan is Chinese and most of his movies premiere over there first and they get dubbed over here, like, he can't really screw that up. So, I mean, like, he can't just, like all of a sudden do that which honestly I would love to see Jackie Chan play a bad guy thinking about it because he could probably play such a badass bad guy because of all the crazy shit that man can do I'm a big 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 Jackie Chan fan we'll be having a Jackie Chan episode in the future trust me always loved Jackie Chan always loved him so um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in the movie, Sylvester Stallone gets frozen in this weird cryo chamber thing. Doing that scene was apparently the most terrifying scene he's ever done in his life. It took like five hours to get that done of him getting frozen and then unfrozen. And 
I'm not exactly sure why. It was probably when he had to get um, when they poured the liquid in before they froze him. You know, he's just got to be under there, no air tube probably, or even if he had a small little air tube, like you know, that's scary. I don't want to be locked in this tiny little glass cylinder or plastic cylinder container thing that's filled up with this weird watery liquid. Nah, I'd be terrified as hell right along with the guy. So I can fully understand why that was just a no-go right there. Um, so because this does actually relate into Lori Petty, favorite female actresses, was originally supposed to play Lenina Huxley's Sandra Bullock's character. But she ended up leaving the film due to creative differences. Um, at least in the time that I had to research, I really couldn't find more into that. But honestly, I'm kind of glad they went with Sandra Bullock because I don't think that for Lori Petty's acting style and her just like personality in general, definitely would not have fit. Like I couldn't see Tank Girl playing this like super uptight, obsessed with like the past world character it just i don't think it would have fit i wouldn't have liked it and i just wouldn't it just wouldn't have been a good i'm glad that she ended up jumping off that one so demolition man nine out of ten definitely recommend for any stallone wesley snipes sandra bullock fans if you're a fan of weird futuristic societies and chaos going on just all in general got good action good fight scenes cool technology really weird shit it's worth it. So check that out. Um, coming in hot on number four, we are going to be having Terminator 2 Judgment Day from 1991, which gets a 9.5 out of 10 for me. Um, even though this one has a higher rating, I just kind of rate it a little higher, even though Demolition Man is one of my favorites. Terminator 2 gets a little bit more up there just because of... It's a James Cameron film. Uh, it's got a lot of great people in it. The story was like practically perfect. Uh, it's one of the few um, sequels to top the first movie. Uh, it's one of the uh, only um, movies in the entire franchise to actually be nominated for and win an Oscar. It was nominated for six different uh, awards and it won four out of that. Uh, none of the other ones did. First one didn't... Um, so that's just great. So if you're familiar with the Terminator series, I don't really need to talk about it. But anyways, it kind of picks up. Uh, it doesn't kind of. It picks up after the first one. Um, so Linda Hamilton from Dante's Peak, Easy Does It, Smile, and Silent Fall, who plays Sarah Connor. Uh, Sarah Connor winds up in a mental institution uh, after, you know, just her life of chaos that she created, being on the run from everybody and trying to take down uh, Cyberdyne technologies and prevent you know, the future. Um, so because, uh, the T-1000 sent back, uh, John Connor in the future, Edward Furlong plays him as a kid from Detroit rock city, American history X tequila and below zero. Um, so the robot, uh, the T-1000 comes back to try to kill John Connor. Also Sarah Connor. Um, so they have a reprogrammed T-800, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the you know regular Terminator. He comes back. He's from uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Aftermath, Maggie, True Lies, and Junior. I love that he has just an endless career that I can rattle stuff off from. That's different. Um, so uh, I mentioned this was directed by James Cameron, right? Good. 
I like James Cameron. He does good stuff. But um, so uh, Robert Patrick paid, played the evil robot, the T-1000, the liquid metal bot. Um, he trained at such a hard um, running regiment where he would only breathe through his nose no matter what. Dude got so fast. He was uh, um, the scene where he is uh, chasing John Connor out of the mall and John Connor's on the dirt bike. Dude got so fast he would catch up to the dirt bike. So they actually had to have him slow down during that scene, which really makes me think now, like, did he actually catch up with that fucking police car when they break Sarah Connor out? Like, if he could catch up with a dirt bike, like, if they're only going, like, you know, they, they didn't have to be going super fast. Like, I'm kind of wondering, like, did he catch up with them? Like, I need to look more into that. That was just a revelation I had that just, like, blew my mind. Um, but still. As long as, um, as long as he, uh, is able to do it within a quick enough amount of time, he can get up to what, like 25, 26 miles an hour? I mean, especially if he's just got to, like, because they could, like, you know, edit it to make, like, the run scene was looking longer. But, I mean, even if they have, like, yeah, the car trailing behind and then he's, like, you know. I mean, the dude can catch up to a dirt bike in a scene. Like, he could definitely catch up to a car, probably. Like, yeah, because you can go slower in a car than you can a dirt bike just for sake of balance. Oh, yeah. Well, he also did this, too. Uh, the, the whole, like, forcing himself to just breathe through his nose. So, at no point he would ever look fatigued, no matter what he was doing. Um, so, now, this is a fun fact. Going into that one, so he wouldn't look fatigued. Did you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie never blinks? And he also did the whole film with petroleum jelly over his skin to give him a more uh, synthetic skin look. And he also felt that not blinking made him seem more like a robot. So anytime he's on film, like they show him, he doesn't blink in that whole movie. I always thought I knew I've known that fact since I was a kid. And I always thought that that was cool as shit. Impressive. If nothing yeah, else. yeah. It really just leads you to go into like thinking like, you know, all this stuff that's behind the scenes that you would never even think of. Like, dude, I would never think in my life to be like, Hey, I need to look more robotic and my skin to look fake. Let me cover it in petroleum jelly and just rock that look. Like, that's weird, man. I dig that. Like, could you imagine the shower afterwards? Just like all the sweat trapped underneath petroleum jelly on your body. Like, that, oh, that must have been like at least you, like an hour affair. You would have to, dude, he'd probably honestly have to take one of those like putty knives and like scrape that shit off him first and then get in the like a super hot shower. And he'd probably have to use that like that green shit that like mechanics use like I can just see him dumping that shit all over his body just real rough just scrubbing it off like and dude he'd have to do that like every day for like months like wake up and cover his like face and hands and whatever part of him it doesn't count till you scrub down to his uh, nerves that's what happens when you use that green stuff enough like if yeah. you use it every day yeah like I had a point where my fingertips like I could definitely feel my nerve endings Ugh, no thanks, man. Well, I mean, it's like, it's got all that grit in it. Like, Well, also, I was working with masonry products, so I'm sure that didn't help either as far as... No, grading. not really. Not really, I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay, so, so, so back to this, guys. Um, so the production took forever because of how long Edward Furlong visually... Um, what? 
Oh, sorry. I looked up for, I only caught like the last part. And I'm like, I haven't gone that long on this movie. It's like, we can't have four minutes left. Um, so the production took forever because Edward Furlong aged so visibly. Like if you actually pay attention to like, um, him when they're in the desert, when like he first, uh, when they first break Sarah Connor out, I feel they had to film that stuff early on because he's definitely, definitely way younger than he seems in other parts of the movie. <clears throat> so because of that, they actually had to pitch correct his voice down a level so it would stay uh, at the same pitch throughout the whole movie because his voice kept breaking. And then at certain parts, they had to have him standing in like a hole in the ground to keep him at the same height compared to uh, Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, especially Linda Hamilton because she's not super tall to begin with. So when you get, you get that big growth spurt. Um, so uh, probably not that unknown of a fact but there were actually two sets of twin uh twins utilized for filming this movie so uh not many people know it but lyndall hamilton actually has a twin sister that they used um in two parts of the movie um one when she had the daydream when they were down in mexico and she was carving no fate into the table um when she sees herself playing with john as a baby and then the, um, and like she's standing there, like future her is looking at past her, and she's like shaking the 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 the, the chain link fence, screaming and everything, and no one's like paying attention to her, and then like the bomb hits. Uh, so that was Linda Hamilton's sister, and then also later on in the movie they used her for um, uh, the T one thousand when she uh, duplicated Sarah Connor. There was a scene there. So that was cool. So there's one set of twins. Second set of twins was also used to duplicate the T-1000 when they were first in um, the mental institution. You know, there's that, that fat, chubby, kind of gingery cop, right? And he was, like, getting the coffee cup. He's like, oh, I got a full house. And suddenly he turns around, and there's he looks at himself, and then the T-1000 stabs him through the eye. That's his twin brother. They've actually acted in multiple movies. Um... They were in uh, Mom and Dad Save the World. Um, and, uh, oh, shit, what was the other one? They're always, like, some, like, weird grunts or scientists or something, you know. They don't have, like, amazing acting. <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this this one definitely... Besides it definitely being one of the best Terminator movies, definitely has that place in my heart where it's the best and the favorite because this was the first one I saw. I mean, you know, back when we were kids, we only had two of them. But, you know, T-1000 was always, you know, I mean, T-2 was always the more popular one. You know, like I said, the T-1000, it's just, it's one of, I think it's Edward Furlong's first movie, if I remember correctly. I remember the cups and all the stuff they did at Burger King. Oh, dude, the promotion was huge for T-2. Well, because, you know, it was, like, so unexpected. It was years later, and all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, shit, James Cameron's doing the sequel? All right, all right. Um, so now we're going to move down the line uh, to Point Break from 1991, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Uh, this movie gets a 7 out of 10 for me. Um, I know that seems low. I know that seems low, but... Uh, it's just because in the grand scheme of things, while it's an amazing movie, um, I definitely don't feel it's Keanu Reeves' best movie. And um, 
I don't know. I just don't rewatch it as much as I do more of his other catalog. So while I think it's great, it's just not completely up there for me. And remember, like I say, I really don't have generally that much basis for my my ratings. It, it, it really just goes off how many times I probably watch it in a year, you know, how much I watched it as a kid, blah, 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 other stupid stuff. But uh, so Point Break from 91 starring um, Patrick Swayze as Bodie, rest in peace. Uh, Keanu Reeves as Johnny Utah and Gary Busey as Papas. Um, Patrick Swayze, some notable movies, Dirty Dancing, Ghost, Roadhouse, and Donnie Darko. Um, Keanu Reeves, uh, The Matrix, Bill and Ted, Speed, and Toy Story 4. Uh, Gary Busey, Lethal Weapon, Under Siege, Crooked, and On the Edge. Um, so, premise of the movie, uh, which I always thought was cool. A bunch of surfers or bank robbers. They dress as, like, ex-presidents. They're super fast. They're super proficient at it. They're in and out in, like, 90 seconds. They don't hit the safe. They just steal uh, what's in the drawers. Um, and they pretty much use that to, like, fund their little, like, surf summers because the banks only get hit in the summer and then they disappear and blah, blah, blah. So uh, Johnny Utah works for the FBI. He gets put on it with Papas. He's got to go undercover because they have this crazy theory that it's surfers doing it. Not so crazy. Um, so for all the surfing scenes... Um, I mean, which really isn't like a whole shitload, but there's definitely a few real up close ones. Uh, Patrick Swayze refused to use a stunt double. He never really liked doing that for like driving scenes, anything like that. Um, so he didn't. Um, and he actually is uh, a very experienced skydiver. He does it a lot. He's very enthusiastic about it. So much so that he convinced Gary Busey to go skydiving with him after filming wrapped and um during the movie and filming he ended up doing a total of 55 um skydiving jumps uh you know for different takes and this and that and blah 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 um so props to patrick swayze never knew that about him i mean i knew he was you know he really like demanded a lot out of you know his fellow actors and everything but uh yeah, man, like, that guy's way more dedicated than I thought. I love doing this stuff because I find out so many cool facts like this. Um, so, one of my favorite scenes from it was definitely um, the football scene that they're having at the beach. Um, and this is going to tie into a fun fact. So, I like that scene because they kind of realize, you know, that he was Johnny Utah, ex, you know, footballer for, from, I forget what college he played for, but they were all big fans and that's when it kind of like he started to get in good with them because he was uh to try to get in with them he asked Lori Petty's character uh to try to teach him how to surf made up this BS story about his parents dying to play into some stuff because that's what the FBI does um and so the fun thing that I learned uh was that the beach spot for the football scene was the same beach spot that they used in the original Karate Kid for the soccer ball scene they're having that little party there. So that's really cool. Um, during the surfing, Patrick Swayze always got to, you know, not do stunts. Broke four ribs. So, you know, that's fun. I don't know if he uh, told them about it or anything, but dedication. Dedication. I have so much more respect for Patrick Swayze learning his work ethic. Um, so Point Break was always, it was a big one for me as a kid. 
Um, I definitely loved that and Speed a lot. Um, I was always a Keanu Reeves fan. I don't know why people gave him so much shit or decided in like the 90s they were just going to dump on Keanu Reeves. The guy's a great actor. He just keeps getting better and better. And um, you know, if you haven't seen Bill and Ted Three Face the Music, I recommend it. If you're a real fan of Bill and Ted and you love those movies, it really stays true to it. And it's definitely a fan service, which is not a dirty word on Cinephile Saturday. So if you think it is, sorry, you're wrong. Um... <laughs> I don't need big risks in franchises. Just do stuff that I like, and I'll watch it. It's fine. Last Jedi. <clears throat> um, <laughs> all hey. Right, so, hey, I'm gonna, man. They took, it's one thing to take risks, but it's another thing to take risks that don't play off and don't land. But so, it had great lens flares. Had great what? Lens flares. I don't know what that is. What is That's that? where J.J. Abrams puts a random flash of light coming from a place that there is no light source. J.J. Abrams didn't do that movie. Oh, shoot, you're right. Yeah, Ryan Johnson did. He sucks. He also has lens flares. Well, he fucking sucks, too. I'm going to stick with that because all his movies are garbage, and I think he's a bitch, and he whined about it when nobody liked his movie. Sorry, man. Fucking bad. Which is crazy because like Laura Dern was in it and shit and she's just a goddess. Love Laura Dern. You don't? Bad taste. I'm sorry. Love that woman. She's amazing. Um, okay, so here's a, here's, a, here's a good one for you, Nick. Here's a good one. Who was originally offered the role as Johnny Utah before Keanu Reeves? That clearly would not have fit the role. Also Patrick Swayze. <laughs> How is he going to play two roles in the same movie? I don't know. Um, so it doesn't fit the role. Normally in action films or no? Nope. Not Inspector Gadget is an action film. Oh, I don't know his name, but... Matthew Broderick. Really? Yeah. Could you have seen that? Like... Not in any... I could not have seen him playing an ex-college football star turned FBI agent. Like, he he's... Nah. Like, or a surfer, surfer, really. No, he's not at all. cut. Well, I mean, you got to think that it was also in the 90s. So, I mean, it was a little bit in better shape. I mean, I know he's kind of chubby now, but just like... See, here's where it's going to get weird for my opinion. Matthew Broderick is too goofy to play that role, which is funny because literally, like, he filmed Bill and Ted 2 around the same time that he did... Like, Speed and Bill and Ted 2 came out the same year. Or like a year apart. So it's just like... <laughs> but Matthew Broderick's got that kind of like... I don't know, man. It's just he wouldn't have fit. He's too He's too comedic he's, to be serious. He's like that clean comedic that like I just when I picture him, I picture a suit still. You know what I picture? A jar of miracle whip. Okay. Land boring miracle whip. Miracle whip doesn't surf. I don't really... I have no basis for that comparison. That dude's just so vanilla Unless you use it in your tuna. You're already fucking up then. You don't put Miracle Whip in tuna? This is fucking have, have communism. Have you ever tried Miracle Whip in tuna? It's delicious. I've Also, fun Miracle fact, Whip Miracle Whip is considered a dressing. Not a condiment. Well, see, that's an, there's your other mistake. You're not putting a condiment on your sandwich. You're putting a dressing on your sandwich. What's the difference between putting, like, ranch or blue cheese on, like, a buffalo chicken sandwich? Or a barbecue chicken sandwich? Well, that's different. 
That's entirely different. I, I believe, sir, you just became lawyered. No, 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 no. Blue cheese is a condiment. I guess blue, blue cheese, cheese could be considered a condiment, especially because of its, it's use on burgers. Also on steak. Also, yeah. just people like in salads, people just eat blue cheese crumbles. You know, I think that's where the I think that's where the the. the you know, I don't know. I just count it as a condiment because you can put it on a multitude of things. You know, like there's just certain things that it definitely goes on. I don't know. I feel like my rule is if it goes on a hot dog, it's a condiment. And if it doesn't, then it's not. And that's just my rule. But you think about like ketchup, mustard, you can put barbecue sauce on there. You can put relish. You can put. Do they put that? I've, yeah, I've never heard of that, nor will I try it. But yeah, so I feel like uh, that, that's, that's my, my personal rule. But I won't. I won't do it either. I, I I'm not a fan of mayonnaise either. I don't really count stuff like that as anything, honestly, because it's just fat and eggs. It's just it's gross. I'm not a mayonnaise guy. Miracle Whip is like tangy strange cousin that shows up you know what here's the comparison right kyle is mayonnaise miracle whip is his fucking cousin that always shows up oh hey what's going on kyle all right that's that's a good analogy that that's that's the best one i can come up with that's 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 pretty fair right yeah so matthew broderick no not 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 all right so moving on, uh, we're going to be going on to Escape from L.A. from 1996, um, directed by John fucking Carpenter, starring uh, Kurt Russell as Snake Bliskin from Hateful Eight, Tango and Cash, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Death Proof. Um, Steve Buscemi as Map to the Stars Eddie from Reservoir Dogs, Fargo, Armageddon and the Cobbler, Reservoir Dogs, because I know how to talk. And uh, Pam Greer is Hershey from Jackie Brown, Mars Attacks, Ghosts of Mars, and Above the Law. So this one has a 7 out of 10 for me. Um, while it's definitely up there on my likes, there is a lot of cheesy shit to it. And, um, you know, it was directed by John Carpenter, but there is a lot of cheesy shit to it. Um, so it's still got that runoff from the 80s stuff. But um, while it is better than the sequel... I wouldn't really rate the sequel any lower. It'd probably get a 7 out of 10 from me also, just because, you know, cares, right? Um, <laughs> so this is uh, Kurt Russell's first and only writing credit on a movie. He basically wrote the entire end of the movie, um, which is pretty cool. It had a fun ending to it. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if... Like, he rewrote it, but, like, you know, I don't know if John Carpenter just didn't have an idea where he was going to go at the end or anything, but, you know, bravo to Kurt Russell for coming up with a good end to a good movie. Um, now, John Carpenter had a third film to this planned, but because uh, the reception of this one and it doing so poorly in theaters when it first came out, uh, definitely Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. have become real cult classics. Um the character Snake Bliskin is just in of itself ridiculous as shit and wonderful. Probably one of my favorite Kurt Russell characters because he just plays Snake Bliskin so badass and so well. Um, but Ghosts of Mars was originally supposed to be a third film called Escape from Mars, 
But like I said, second one didn't do well. Uh, I think it only made like $25 million in movie theaters, which even for the 90s, that was not great. Because I think this Either way. Um, so, Steve Buscemi, love him in everything he practically does. He does really great cameo roles and like secondary roles just because they're always ridiculous as shit. Um, so, he took part in this film to help fund his directorial debut, a movie called Trees Lounge. Uh, never heard of it. Didn't know that Steve Buscemi directed, but I guess he just bankrolled his uh, payment for this movie right into doing that one. Um, not really sure if he wrote it or anything like that, but you know, he it was his first movie directing, so whatever. Um, big reason here we go yeah as i'm going through everything big reason that it's getting a seven out of ten for me is because of the really poor cgi throughout the film throughout the entire film and it's actually known for its poor cgi here's the funny thing right so i think it was buena vista studios that did the movie right so their visual effects department never used cgi before this so it was just complete fly by the seat of your pants. Like, hey, we got some CGI going, guys. Yeah. No, at that point, they were still... Because Pixar was really their introduction in the CGI with um, Rescuers Down Under. Yeah. So at that point, Buena Vista Studios, which to the listeners and viewers, is um, Walt Disney's company that he created after um, his first uh, cartoon company didn't do as well with his brother. Um, but... Um, yeah, at yeah, that, that point, point everything, everything they, they did, did would have been ink and pen and put in layers on a projection, projection to create the scene. So, yeah, so all of a sudden having to do CGI with like computers and shit, it was just like, uh, okay, boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is it's funny because I always attributed – when, when did this movie come out? Uh, 96. Okay, so, so Rescuers Down Under was still – so they did have some, but that was only animated. Yeah, that was that was a whole game doing doing the – CGI, the digital, it was early digital animation, really, I guess, opposed to more CGI, at least for like rescuers and shit, you know, back then, especially with like, rescuers came out in the 80s, right? The first one? Uh, 80 died. And the second one was like 90, 92, 93? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere in the early one. There's another prime example of a sequel far outshining the first one. The first one's good, but everyone wants to watch Down Under. Come on. Oh my God! Yeah, with the I can't think of his name, but with when he has the the, the guy with the hat. Oh, dude, I can't remember. Yeah, and the but, weird, yeah, like yep. gator lizard thing. Dude, that was just that was just so good. That was so good, man. Oh, Even in the, the villain, villain in that was he wasn't like yes, he was a very screwed up person, but like he wasn't this like nowadays a villain has to do something like heinous for you to be afraid of him. But I remember like he was just scary. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Dude, look at the, some of the crap that they put out for us back in the day. Come on. Mother Scared Stupid still makes me pee my pants. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, how, what do we got left? Oh, man, I'm super running out of time. Okay, so, oh, that's good. That's good. I, I don't have too much to get through of this because uh, there was a couple cards I couldn't finish. So uh, I'll be posting from now on. If I don't make it through everything, I'll be posting my full list uh, with, you know, obviously these are my recommendations. These are some of my personal favorites that we talk about in the topic. Um, so 
Um, I'll be posting the full list of 10 with all the ratings later on on the page in the next couple hours after the stream stops. So if you want to check that out, come back, see a few more recommendations. Awesome. Uh, so this film was pretty much mostly filmed at night. Um, their longest streak was uh, 77 days without a day filming in a row. Well, I mean, dude, the entire set, the whole movie's pretty much at night. He's got to get it done in like a handful of hours, you know. All right, so uh, pretty much the last one that I'm going to be able to talk about now is The Matrix from 1999, uh, which gets a 9.5 out of 10 for me as well because of how groundbreaking the visual effects were, how much it set the bar for future endeavors, and uh, it was directed by Lana Wachowski, um, starring Keanu Reeves as Neo from John Wick, Siberia, Replicas, and To the Bone. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss is Trinity from Memento, Fido, Iron Fist, and The Bye Bye Man. And Lawrence Fishburne from Mystic River, also John Wick, The Mule, and Contagion. Um, so the opening scene uh, with Trinity and the agents and everything um, took six months of training and four days straight to shoot. Just that scene. Um, in that scene, Carrie Ann Moss, who played Trinity, twisted her ankle horribly hit it the entire filming <clears throat> and uh <clears throat> sorry guys allergies let me try to clear that out before it just keeps drying up as well as the rest of my nasal cavity um but anyway so she didn't tell anyone about it till after filming because she didn't want to be recast because she knew how big the movie was going to be and good fucking choice um so um always one of the funnest scenes in the movie definitely i'm not even gonna get into the damn plot you know the damn plot where human batteries it's the future robots evil all right so the matrix um <laughs> so one of the cool scenes when um keanu reeves first wakes up and he's in the weird pod thing he's got all the wires and tubes hooked up to him and everything so he lost 15 pounds and shaved his entire body for that scene so he would appear you know emaciated and you know atrophied and all that stuff um which pff, that was cool that was cool like he looks so just shitty in that scene and it really like furthermore the dedication of these actors and it really made me believe that he'd been locked in there and everything. Like, he looked creepy. Um, so this movie in 2012 was selected by the Library of Congress to be in the National Film Registry. I mean, there's no there's no reason, like, that, does, that doesn't make sense. Like I say, groundbreaking. The whole cool setup that they had with, like, the cameras around the circle to, like, do the crazy spin around and freeze frame stuff. Dude, you know who was originally cast as Neo, who they offered it to before Keanu Reeves? Will Smith. That's, That's probably, probably the first... first. <clears throat> Excuse me. Probably, probably the, the first, first one today, today that you've said where I could see that being a good fit. See, I couldn't have seen that one because back then Will Smith was too much comedy for me. And that was As you were rebutting, I was realizing at that point he was still very young, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he was off doing Men in Black and stuff like that. So, like, that perfect role for him. You know what I mean? Like, he actually turned down this movie because he thought it was too ridiculous. It didn't make sense to him. 
Like I seen an interview and he's like, yeah, they're talking about like, yeah, we're going to lift you up on these hooks and like have all these cameras spinning around and this and that. And it just, he regrets it. He regrets it to this day. Um, so last little fun fact, the, uh, Morpheus, uh, is a direct reference to the Greek myth, Greek myth, who is the God of dreams. Totally makes sense for the character and Lawrence Fishburne killed it. So, all right, guys, I'm going to post a full list with my last three choices for amazing 90s action films in a little bit. So come back to the page to check that out so you can see the last three that we didn't get to chat about because I talk too fucking much. So thank you guys again. This is always collecting something for another edition of Cinephile Saturdays. Appreciate you guys checking in. Wouldn't be possible without you. So a special thanks also to hashtag RazorStreamer for sponsoring this episode. And for more Cinephile Saturdays or NerdCon 1, go check out www.nerdcon1. Everything is there. Thanks for checking in, guys. That's a wrap. bad feeling about this. It wasn't funny, man. What have we done? What are you looking at, butthead? I want to get some coffee. You want some coffee? Game on, old friend. <laughs>